In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our problems are so much bigger than we like to admit. This is true of the entire human race, just as it is true for each one of us individually. In Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis wrote, No man knows how bad he is until he has tried very hard to be good. Perhaps this is one of the first and greatest gifts that Lent gives to us. We set aside 40 days, just 40 days, a tithe of the year, in which we will try very hard to be good, to repent, to wage war against the sins and disorder that have grown in our hearts like weeds, to battle the temptations of the flesh with fasting, to battle the temptations of the world with giving alms, to battle the temptations of the devil through prayer. But what do we find? Great difficulty, profound weakness, a realization that even the smallest efforts are entirely contrary to our nature. A realization that the troubles of this life go way above our heads. When human beings realize that our troubles are too great for us, we go looking for a savior. Many have thought and still think that the right kind of government will finally set the world to right. Get the right man in office, the right party in power, the right policies in place. But what government has ever come even remotely close to establishing paradise on earth? Indeed, the direct attempts of government in the last century to bring about a utopia brought us to the world wars. Other saviors emerge and arise in money and science, medicine and technology. There's a wide-held belief that we will eventually overcome the evils of the world through these things. But the futility of these things to heal the world, to cure humanity of all of its evils and ills, to establish a paradise on earth is already obvious to anyone who stops and thinks about the nature of those who wield these tools and the ineptitude of these tools themselves when compared to the sheer magnitude of evil and dysfunction in the world. The poor you will always have with you, Jesus said. This world is simply too broken for us to fix. The problems of collective human nature are too great. Our troubles go way over our heads, and all the proof that anyone really needs is a mirror. If you can't even make yourself good, how on earth do you think you're going to make the rest of the human race good? And if you think you're good already, then the truth is that you haven't even yet tried to be good. When Adam, the first father of our human race, bowed to the devil, he bowed to a power and force far greater than the collective power of humanity. Indeed, it was pre precisely our humanity that was overcome, infected, and turned both against God and against us. St. Gregory the Great points to a threefold temptation of Adam. 
When Satan showed the man the forbidden fruit, he attacked him with intemperance and the indulgence of the appetites. Then he tempted him with vainglory and with pride, saying that he would become like God. And lastly, he used avarice and greed as his weapon, assuring him that he would possess the knowledge of good and evil. If the devil were to ever be overthrown, there would have to be a new man, a new father, who would overcome these very temptations and then somehow bring us under him. And this is precisely what we see and commemorate today. When Jesus was baptized, he came up out of those waters and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Where the first son of God, Adam, had failed, Jesus did not. He, being both God and man, not only had the power to withstand the temptations of the devil, but indeed to overcome them. And this not only for himself, but also for us. So pleased was the devil with his work on the first man. He attempts the very same upon Jesus, albeit in a more sophisticated form. First, he attacked our Lord with intemperance and indulgence of the appetite. After 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, he was hungry. So the devil comes and says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Next, the devil tempted our Lord with vainglory and with pride, telling him to cast himself down from the pinnacle of the temple and thus show himself that he is God and has command of the holy angels. And lastly, he again used avarice and greed as his weapon, assuring Jesus that he could, in fact, give him all the kingdoms of the world. All he had to do was bow down and worship. Much, much more could be said, of course. But one thing is clear. Jesus was tested far beyond what we ourselves are able. And he, as true man, standing in our place, prevailed against the devil. Where Adam failed, where Israel failed, where all of humanity fails, where we ourselves fail. Jesus has won. A new man, a new father, who brings us under him by a new birth. This is why he said to Nicodemus, and thus to all of us, you must be born again, be born of water and the spirit. And thus St. Paul would write that we are saved by this washing of new birth. And St. Peter would write that baptism now saves us. How do we overcome our own sinful flesh? How do we overcome the world? How do we overcome the devil with all his might? Perhaps the most simple answer is we don't. Jesus does. Jesus alone has defeated the devil and snatched us out of the devil's kingdom and brought us into his own kingdom. Jesus alone has defeated the devil in the wilderness, in the holy city, and on the mountaintop. And most definitively of all, he defeated the devil on Golgotha, the place of the skull. 
The devil brought sin into the world, and so by the shedding of his holy blood, Jesus makes atonement for all sins, every last one of them. The devil brought death into the world, and so by his own death, Jesus destroys death once and for all. The devil brought eternal separation from God and from his blessings. And so by enduring separation from God himself, Jesus brings us back to God. From the wounds of Jesus flow the most rich of all blessings. From his side, the waters of baptism and the blood of the chalice. That through these, we become and are the children of God. And thus, it is equally true that we do, in fact, overcome sinful flesh and the world and the devil, all by faith in Jesus. Where we see troubles that are way beyond us, way beyond our abilities, we do not despair. We do indeed despair of ourselves. But we don't despair, for the power of Jesus is way beyond the power of our troubles. Indeed, the power of Jesus is so great that he turns our weaknesses, the frailty of our flesh and will, our sins, and the relentless selfishness and evil within us, the world with all of its full glories, meaninglessness, the devil and all his craft and might, he uses even these things for our good. He uses, this, uses them to bind us ever more closely to him in faith and in faith alone. Lord Jesus, you are my only hope. Your grace alone must be sufficient, for I am not. The good I wanted to do, I did not do. The evil that I did not want to do, that I did. Even the good deeds that you wrought and worked in me by your Holy Spirit, I have tainted and soiled with sin. I am afraid of all my deeds. I lament my life. I must be saved by faith and faith alone, by you and you alone, or I shall not be saved at all. Therefore, I cling to you with all my heart. My sins drive me to you. This broken and evil world drives me to you. The seductive temptations and the attacks of the devil drive me to you. For you are tempted in every way I am and beyond. Yet you, without sin, and this so that you might know firsthand my weakness, and therefore be to me compassionate, a merciful and faithful high priest. Where can I go, Lord Jesus, to flee from myself? To you, to your font, where you have promised that I shall one day be entirely new. To your chalice, where you have promised me the forgiveness of my sins. Yes, where you pour out for me the blood of the new covenant that cleanses me from all my sins. From your cross to your chalice to me. New joy and new life. My brothers and sisters in Christ, 
Christ has overcome the devil. He has won. And so great is his power, he turns even our weaknesses into strength. He does not despise us. He is not ashamed of us. He loves us. Everything is in his control and going exactly as he has planned. He is working all things, all things, for the good of those who love him. He cannot be stopped. So perhaps we could sum up this first lesson of Lent, maybe even one of the first lessons of Christianity, just this way. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.